Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Psalm 23, if you have your Bibles this morning, Psalm 23, and uh, as we are wrapping up this series entitled Get a Handle on It, I don't know if, if you're like me, uh, but this, this going through this series has caused me to have a different perspective, to have a change of mind. How many are learning to have a new pattern, a new way of thinking? Anybody? Yeah, about four or five of us. That's great. We're glad the rest of you are here to support us uh, who are still trying to figure this out and working this out in fear and trembling. We're, we're in a, this process of changing our mind. And uh, as we wrap this series up, this isn't the end of getting a handle on it because we're going to forever make it our goal to, to grow in the grace and to grow in the work that God has done in our lives and what God has done for us. But here it is in Psalm 23 today. What I want to share a message as we wrap this up is a message uh, just simply entitled this, Saved and Secure. Saved and Secure. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because a lot of us could have it memorized in the King James and that's okay. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't want to just read it from memory because I can easily do that as well. And I probably will as I talk today, just go back to to how I've memorized it and that's okay. But I want to read it today so we're not just reading it from memory, but that we can read it from meaning. Uh, Just to hear, not because we've always heard it, but to say today, God help us to, to see it in a new way, a fresh way, in a way of, of, of just uh, bringing about what it is that you want to accomplish in us. Here's what it says, Psalm 23, reading the entire chapter. Don't be afraid, it's only six verses. All right. The Lord is my shepherd. And the rest of you are like, I shall not want. It works, but I want you to hear this today. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I ask today, God, that you would cause life, Lord, to to be renewed in us. God, that we would find the comfort, the strength, and Lord, that we would be made secure in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer today, would you just say amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. My hope today is to give us just a a perspective here as we look at walking in wholeness and healing 
as you know, over the last couple of weeks, talking about uh, some things that we need to get a handle on it. So I want to share, as, as I've said already, just from this title, Saved and Secure. We didn't say safe and secure. We said saved because we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are secure in the work of His Holy Spirit. I am a uh, uh, lock-it-up kind of guy, um, lock the doors when I get out of the car. I don't know if it was my time spent in uh, Minnesota that conditioned me to always lock the car, but it is a natural instinct of mine. Uh, there are certain kids of ours that don't get out of the car quick enough, and I lock them in because it's just my natural instinct. I'm, I'm locking the car as soon as I get out, and I'm, I'm hitting the button, and there's just this, this sense of security that when I hit that button and I hear that sound that I have locked the door. I even hit it twice to just make sure. I, there's this, 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 this security that comes from I know that I've locked the doors and you might think, my, you've got a paranoia that you're so concerned and you locked the door. I didn't say I locked myself inside and never come out. It's not that I'm afraid of someone getting in as much as I'm afraid or value what is on the inside that I don't want to be taken out. My fear is not of the person that can come in. My concern is for the value of the things that are inside. I don't want them to be taken. And because there's this desire for what is on the inside, I'm not, yes, you would say I'm locking it to keep the thief out, but this is the thing that the thief comes to do. He comes to take away. He is not a thief that just shows up to look around at what I have and walk away. A thief doesn't just come up to evaluate and to see what we have and then walk away from us and leave us where we've been. How many know he's a thief because he comes to take what is there from us? I'm not afraid of someone coming in. I'm concerned that they'll take what's on the inside. And so I lock the door as a place of security and having that place of confidence. I want to say today that Christ has come to give us a sense of security because there is a thief who, who seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy is doing whatever he can to take away your love, your hope, your faith, your peace, and the promise that is in Christ. The enemy wants to do whatever he can to take that from you. How many know that there's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, someone to attack, and there is an enemy of this world and of our soul that looks to take away from us. We live in a place of being vulnerable. We live in a place of brokenness. There is a thief that comes to steal. But in Christ, we have a security and a hope. You see, because oftentimes what we do is we live our life in fear of the past. You see, because of what I've gone through, I've been conditioned and I've been taught how to respond to life because of what I've faced. That's why there are individuals that as we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, some things that we need to get a handle on it. Some things that are at the door that we need to get a handle on so that we can open up the door to new relationships. To, to, when I say new relationships, I don't mean get a new spouse. When I say new relationships, I mean love that spouse like you've never loved that spouse before. To grow in the grace and the knowledge. I don't mean to trade and exchange because that's the, the, the condition that we are in that we would rather fix what's outside of us than deal with what's on the inside of us. 
We'd rather change our environment than deal with what needs to be dealt with on the inside. And so as a result, because of our brokenness, we handle things a certain way. And we've learned brokenness for the avoider who, who doesn't like to address the needs. And, and I'd say to the avoider, notice that some avoiders could read the scripture and say, I'm already ahead of the game because the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible didn't say I have no needs. The Bible says all my needs are met. It's not that I don't have needs. It's that, it's that I've recognized my needs and I know that in Christ, he supplies and provides for my needs. For the people pleaser, they try to relieve the tension and take on themselves this goal and ability to try and fix things or out of fear to try and put things in a place and, and recognizing that that's a broken way. We just hinder ourselves. People who are perfectionists, having high standards and things that we want to see accomplished, but never knowing how to be content in Christ, to live in what God has provided for us. We talked as well, those who are controllers and victims represented from chaos in a life of chaos. And because of that chaos, it causes people to be controllers to try and not allow that chaos to ever occur or it causes us to become victims that just become so numb to our pain and we never experience the healing that comes from Christ. These are all broken ways of living life and these are called insecurities. You and I are affected by life's insecurities. Don't raise your hand, but if I were to ask you, have you ever felt insecure in life? Have you ever felt like you don't have what it takes? Have you ever felt like it's not going to work the way that you hope or wish? Has there ever been a fear, an insecurity, something that would come on whatever level that we might exist in, that we're all affected by this life? But that represents our past. But here's the good news, that Jesus came not just to save us from our past, but to give us a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. How many know that God wants to prosper your life today? You believe that God has your best in store for you? That God wants to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. He's not to harm you, not to take from you. How many know it's easy, though, to sometimes go through life and it feels like, God, it feels like you're taking away from me. You may have gone through difficult seasons in life and tragedy, and it's felt like God has taken something from you, maybe even a loved one. Maybe you've gone through a place and saying, God, I've gone through hardship. I've gone through difficulty. And I know there's things on this side of heaven I know we cannot give answers to why God allows the things that happen, why we go through the things that we go through. We'd be foolish to try and pretend that we have an exact answer as to why. I can't tell you why, but I know who. And when I know who, it allows me to walk with a confidence, to walk with a hope and a certainty in my life. You see, because what we do too often is we live in our insecurity, and Jesus did not just come to help us get through our insecurity. He came to give us new life that we would walk into our future. My insecurity causes me to recognize my pain. And I don't know what whatever that pain is, that pain of, of not feeling love, that pain of, of it not coming through, the pain of having to deal with, with, with uh, things that, that I, I just don't want to deal with, whatever it is that causes us pain, causes us to run to God. But unfortunately, we give God our pain, but forget to allow God to be our healer. You see, God wants to heal this, the condition of our heart and to change us. But I think sometimes we settle 
for God healing us where we are or fixing us where we are, when God says, I don't want to fix you where you are, I want to lead you into your healing, into your wholeness. That God wants us to be restored, to walk into the greater things that he would have for us. If we're going to be at a place of wholeness, we've got to allow the security and the the things of God to come in. That what God wants to do is break us free from our pattern because he can fix you. If God fixes us in the midst of where we are, we stay where we are and over time, we'll just end up repeating the same cycle of where we've gone through. Have Have you been around long enough to find out in your life there's a pattern? Have you watched life long enough to recognize? It's called maturity. Maturity is when you start to see, hey, there's a pattern going on here. Greater maturity is when I begin to address the pattern that's going on here. Greater maturity is when I begin to acknowledge and say, there's a pattern of something that needs to be addressed and something that I'm dealing with and that willingness to walk through it. Can I tell you, it is much easier to just ask God to fix me where I am and stay in the place I've always been. It is harder to open up my heart and say, God, I have issues. I need you to heal me. But sometimes, rather than being saved and secure, we settle for staying in a place of, God, just fix me here, change what's around me without allowing God to change and address what's inside of me. This is a process and a cycle that God wants to break in our lives and to change us so we're no longer driven and living according to how it's been in the past, but that we can experience the hope and the future that is in Jesus Christ. Here's something for us to look at. When will we stop living from our past and start living for our future? When will we stop living from our past and start living for our future? Because what happens in our past, our past, because we're familiar with the pain, because we're familiar with the disappointment, because we're familiar with the brokenness, we unfortunately just cope with what our pain is rather than allowing God to transform and change what it is that surrounds us. When we live in the past, when we live in the past, we make no room for God to change us or to change things around us. Because we live in a self-protecting, look out for myself, make sure I don't get hurt. Make sure that everything stays in a manageable place. We said a little bit last week that unfortunately we get to places and we tolerate or we manage our numbness or we manage our chaos. And it causes us to become numb but reaching a place where we allow God to transform us, that we're no longer living in light of our past, but we recognize that God not only came to save us from our past, but he came to lead us into our future. Could it be that we're walking in what we hope is salvation, but we've not fully surrendered to experience the security that comes in Christ? That we're wanting God to save us, and here's why we want God to save us. God, I need you to save me because I need to escape the trash and junk and trouble I'm in. You see, your chaos and your pain, your disappointment, your brokenness may have pointed you to Jesus. But until you allow the healer to lead you out of your pain, then all you've done is turned over your pain but never allowed Jesus to become 
your healer. What we tend to do is we deal with the symptom and not the issue. I went to the doctors a couple weeks ago or months ago now. It's been a while and felt this coming on in my chest. And, and years ago, I had walking pneumonia. And so they said, stay a, a ahead of it. Don't let it get settled in there. And so I went to stay on top of it. And as I went to the, the doctor's office, my plan was this. How many know we tend to go to the doctors with a plan? Some of you are like, no, I just wait for him to tell me. And All right, that's fair. But we go to the good physician, Jesus, with a plan. We go with a, hey, this is what I'd like you to do. And I went to the doctor with a plan. If you'll just give me some antibiotics. And I didn't say this, but this is my expectation. Because you know there's stuff you think you would never say. Now, some of you are bold enough, you would tell the doctor, hey, doc, this is what I want you to do. This is what you... I'm not that guy. So I, I went in having an expectation of what the doctor ought to do. And so he did what he did and, and all this stuff. And I'm waiting for him to say, I'm going to give you some antibiotics and we're going to treat that. Here's what he said. He said, there's a viral, you've got a viral infection. He said, all we can do is treat the symptom and let it run its course. Well, that just sounds like a beat up. I wonder, though, how many times have we allowed God in our walk with God and what we call salvation is really just asking God to treat the symptoms and let it run its course. That we're just dealing with the symptoms. God, I need you to save me. I'm hurting. And we just want him to take the symptoms, but we don't allow him to deal with the source of what's causing the symptoms. That there are times that we just need this to feel better. We need things to work out in our life. I remember one time going to a, a chiropractor and said, man, I got pain in my lower back. And, and he does all this stuff. And he said, well, actually the issue is not in your back. It's in your leg. I'm thinking, I know my body. You're telling me I got back pain because of something in my leg. But here's, here's the reality. I wanted him to deal with what was the symptom. It was showing up in my back, but the root of it was something in my leg that was causing that there was, a, there was something that was favoring there. And because of favoring that in my leg, it caused a back pain. It revealed itself in the back, but the back wasn't the problem. It was somewhere else. And sometimes we're asking God to just deal with the symptom. We just want the symptom to go away. And God says, I don't want to take away your symptom. Them, I want to lead you into healing and to wholeness. There's a difference between fix me here and lead me there. And if we're going to walk in the security that comes from Christ, if we're going to be made secure, at some point we have to open the door and allow God to lead us into healing. I know what you're thinking. I'll be healed when everything around me gets better. No, you won't. Because that's momentary healing. Because here's the problem. Whatever you need healed from there is going to come back and threaten you again. If you don't deal with the pattern, you're going to be in the same cycle and in the same place that God wants to take this from you. Have you surrendered more than your pain to God? Have you surrendered your sin? And turn those things over to God to acknowledge and admit and say, God, there's an area in my life that I need to surrender and turn over to you. Because I want to say this today. Salvation is not just believing that God can do things. Salvation is holding on and trusting him at his word and making him everything that you depend on. Surrendering yourself to Jesus Christ as Lord of our life. Surrendering all that we are, surrendering everything that we are to Christ, that He would 
cause us to be transformed. Second Peter, listen what it says in Second Peter. He says this, he, Jesus, personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. How many know there's a dead to what was the past and be able to walk in what is new? That we've got to let go of our past, but unfortunately, sometimes we're living with too much view on the past and not enough view on what God is able to do in the future, of what God has provided for us. He says we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. How many believe that today? That by his wounds, you are healed. Now, I know we believe that in the physical, and in Jesus' name, we are healed. But when he's talking about letting go of the past, he's not just talking about physical healing. He's talking about emotional and relational and spiritual healing. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, you're no longer a victim. By his wounds, you're no longer avoiding or people-pleasing or perfectionist or controller. By his wounds, you are healed. When you look at his wounds, it brings healing. When you look at your wounds, it brings defense. And how many know that defense can never heal you? It's only the view of God and the the recognition of what he's done for your life. I might say to someone today, you're looking at the wrong wounds. You're looking at the wrong wounds. Your eyes are fixed on your pain and your hurt. And that's not to say you've not been hurt. It's not to say you've not been in pain. But it's to say this. Have you made your pains or your wounds more valuable and more powerful than his wounds? Have you allowed your wounds to become greater than his wounds? Because by his wounds, you are healed. In Jesus' name name. Some of us, and I realize you can't just snap your fingers and change the way you think, but I'm letting you know that when you trust God, he begins to change a pattern. How do I know that? Because I am one, that he's changed in a pattern of mine and continuing to change. I am being made new and becoming made new over and over in Jesus Christ. I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling. I'm surrendering and trusting God and turning over who I am and asking God to make me more like Jesus Christ. Maybe today could it be that we put too much emphasis on our wounds. And I want to be careful because even in a church culture, we make it about us. We make it about what we've gone through. We make it about what we're hurting from. We make it about, and all of that, I realize that all plays a part. But if we make it more about how we hurt than we do about how he hurt so that we might be whole, How many know we can just keep circling and chasing our tail and coming to a place of brokenness? Because we're just reminded of how much we hurt, how bad things are, and we just walk a cycle instead of letting him break the cycle. Look at your neighbor today. Somebody just tell him, break the cycle. Break the cycle. You've got to break the cycle of the way that we've been thinking, that there's this, this change that has to come. He says that by his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd who is the guardian of your souls. Once you were like sheep wandering away, but now you've turned to the shepherd, the guardian of your soul. I'm not a movie guy, but I watch movies, and I watch Guardian of the Galaxies, and I'm thinking, who in the world had an idea, let's protect the galaxy with a raccoon that talks and a tree and... Some, I don't get it. But here is the guardian of your soul. 
you know what the guardian of your soul is? You've got someone looking out for you. The guardian of your soul is someone who says, hey, I've got your best interest in mind. You have turned to the shepherd. Now, listen, this word turn is what we would call repentance. And repentance is to have a change. It's to shift. If we have only identified that we need God, but have not totally turned and surrendered and follow Christ, then, let me just say it this way. If you know you need Jesus but are not following Jesus, you're not saved. Salvation is not just knowing you need Jesus. Salvation is leaving where you are and following after Jesus. If we stay where we've been, that is not what Christ came to do. We have to now follow and walk after what it is that he has. Here's what he says. He's the shepherd. Notice what we read in Psalm 23. The Lord is my I hear a couple of you, shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. Oh, you can say it out loud. That's fine. The, the, the Lord is my. Yeah, that was better. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I want to ask you today, is the Lord your shepherd? And it would be a fair question for you to say, I think so, but how can I know for sure? That's fair. But I think the scripture gives us that answer. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore, all my needs are met in Jesus. I rest in peace. And I don't mean just waiting till you die. I mean every day I can lay down and rest and I can wake up in the strength of God. That I, I have trust and faith in God that today he's working in me. My needs are met in Christ. I have peace and all my ways are about bringing glory to Jesus' name. If we can't say those three things in the affirmative, it might be that we've not left where we are and started walking after the Savior. Because if Jesus has not met all your needs, then you've not been saved. You're letting Jesus be something plus something else. Get this, get this. If you have other needs beside Jesus, then your salvation is built on Jesus plus something. Salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. Period. Salvation is through Jesus Christ alone that we surrender and that we put our faith in Christ. If our need in him. Number two, if we're at rest, if he gives us peace. If the peace of God is at work in our lives. You know what peace is, right, D? When the doctors say what the doctors say, but we know that we have a God who holds us and keeps us so that peace that passes understanding will keep your heart and your mind until the day of Christ Jesus. That's peace. That when we walk through whatever it is that we're going through, that we have a confidence in Christ. And whenever all of our ways, he leads us in the ways that bring glory to his name. If the ways that you are, Listen, if the attitude of your heart does not bring glory to Jesus, I'm not judging your heart. I'm just saying you might want to surrender and allow God to address something. Because heaven forbid that we think we have it all together 
because we've done a song and a dance. And when we get before God, we might be surprised because we were living according to our own works and our own efforts rather than surrendered fully unto Jesus Christ. Security is only when we've surrendered ourselves wholly to Christ. Now listen, I'm hearing this sermon because I've already preached it myself and there's this part of me that says, oh, I feel like I need to get saved all over again. That's why every day I am saved, but I'm growing in the security and the completion of Christ that I'm working out my, my salvation with fear and trembling on a daily basis. I'm not saved one day. I am saved for all eternity as I trust in God and as I allow him to work that out. I am made secure in Christ. In Christ alone is where I have my security. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is how you know these three things. If these three things don't line up in our lives, and it might be that Christ is not our shepherd, because a shepherd doesn't come to just be your lifeguard and watch you have fun in the pool. We've called him our shepherd and said, I'm glad you're there in case I need you. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm just hanging out in the pasture, and if something bad comes, I'm glad he's there for me. Church, the shepherd isn't your lifeguard. The shepherd is the one who leads you from where you are to what he has for you. We've settled for letting him be our lifeguard or babysitter or watching over us to just protect us. Yes, he is the protector, but his comfort is to lead us from where we are to where he wants to take us. Be careful that we don't settle to just let him be a lifeguard to watch us enjoy our time in the pool, which God wants us to have blessing. He wants us to have provision, but but you'll not know true blessing and provision unless you follow him into what he has for your life. Here's why. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, you're gonna follow him. He makes you to lie down. He provides all your needs. He takes care of you. And even when you walk through the difficult places in life, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the darkest valley in my life. Listen, it's not a matter of if you do, it's when you do. You are going to walk through life's moments and if you have not surrendered and allowed the security of Christ, you will always revert to your natural instinct and do what you did before. You will naturally revert to what you've done before. You'll just repeat the pattern of what's been done. I want us to say today as we wrap this series up to say, God, help me to grow in the security of your truth, of who you are, that you're at work in my life. I need to change the way I think and the way I think is affected by what I'm looking at. And sometimes we're looking too much at our wound and not enough at his wounds. And when we get our eyes on the right thing, it begins to allow the process for us to have a new way of thinking. We need a new way of thinking. If you've not had a new way of thinking, it might be that Jesus has not fully taken control of your life. Because if we keep thinking the same way, if we live Groundhog Day, just waking up the same way, the same day, Jesus came to change the way we think. This needs to work in us, that we allow him to be the shepherd who leads us. And if he's leading us, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, what? They comfort. They what? 
comfort. Do you know what you were created for? To know Jesus, yes. But your health is affected by your ability to be comforted. An insecure person is a person who has not been comforted in life. How many know, don't raise your hand, but we've all been affected by life circumstances in relationships or circumstances that have caused us to feel pain and have caused us to feel insecurity because we've hurt and no one effectively helped comfort us. And because we've not been comforted, we have developed these insecurities of how we do things. But when we know that we're comforted in Christ, if we're going to be secure, here's what a secure person looks like. A secure person is someone who has healthy relationships that they know that they can express their needs and that the person who hears their needs will be sufficient to respond and to help take care of their needs. That's a secure person. A secure person is someone who is able to be vulnerable to say this is what my need is and to have a safe place and to know that someone will understand them and know them and respond to their need. But when that's not met, there's distrust that happens in a relationship and it causes a block and it causes that relationship to not be healthy. Can I say the same is in our walk with God, if we don't recognize him as our comforter, then we'll not allow ourselves to be able to fall upon him and to trust him and to be secure in him. Does that make sense? That we have to learn how to be comforted in God. Now, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And, and, and as we wrap this up, and we're going to have communion here. Because what better way to heal than to recognize the body of Christ broken for us. Because what I want to say to us today is that we're going to put an end to the old way of thinking. And allow God to bring a new mindset. This receiving comfort from God is knowing that he is all that we need. A secure person has healthy relationships where they know they can express their need and then that person will respond. Here's a secure Christian. A secure Christian knows that they need God. How many know you need God? But a secure Christian also knows that God is all they need. You'll raise your hand today to say, I need God. Why? Because pain has revealed that I need God. I'm hurting. I need God. Your pain has pushed you to that place. You need God. But do you know that God's all you need? Because to be able to know that in whatever it is that you're facing, that he's going to take care of bringing the help, the comfort, the strength, the healing, he wants to comfort you. And I know what you're, you might be saying, God, I need you to take me or heal me right where I am. I just want to be careful that we're not becoming, or not becoming, but settling as people who just want Jesus to save us of our, from our pain, but who have not learned how to follow after Jesus. Because unless we're following Jesus, that's not salvation. If you've prayed a prayer, you're not saved because you prayed a prayer. We're not saved because we do good works. We're only saved because every day 
We live by faith in Jesus Christ. When I know, number one, he's all I need, or that I need him and that he's all I need. Because I could say, God, I need you to fix it right here. I'm hurting. But the Bible says, even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk through the valley, even though I walk through that place, he is with me. He's working in me. He's developing me. I know that he's got something in store for me. How many of you have something in your life you're believing God to overcome and to give you victory over? Is there anybody today? I'm believing God for victory. You know what I've had a hard time doing? Being patient in the pain. It's hard being patient in the pain. But real faith is developed when we're able to trust God and say, God, I know you've got my best in store. Because even though I'm walking through the valley, I'm in the valley right now. You might be walking in a valley. You might be walking in a place that feels difficult. But security is not when you don't have problems. Security is when you know God in the midst of your trouble. In the midst of your pain. And as I'm walking through, here's what faith says to me. Faith says, I'm walking through a valley right now, but I know there's a table set for me just on the horizon. He's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'm going to keep walking because I know he's got a table. But if I don't know he's got something for me, then I'm going to keep living in light of my pain and according to my past. I'm going to be stuck in my past. I'm going to revert to the way I've always done it. I'm just going to be stuck in the way it's always been. But when I'm walking through the valley, I'm secure in Christ because I know he has a table for me. I know as well that he's anointed my head with oil. He has sealed me. He has put his seal of approval on me. He loves me. He desires me. He's looking out for me. He has covered me and made it possible. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I am in the place of God's presence, not because there's no turmoil around me, but because I'm secure in Christ that no matter what I walk through, I know that He's prepared a table for me. I know that He's anointed me, and I know that He has good things in store for my life. Here's the picture. If He's the shepherd and I'm following Him, what's following me? Goodness and mercy is following me. What better place to be than on the heels of the shepherd and goodness and mercy is on my heels. Listen, when I chase down Jesus, good things will chase me down. But when I try to chase down good things, I'll never find it. When I try to chase down good things, I, it's, like a, it's like a dog chasing its tail. When you run after good things, you'll never find it. When you run after satisfaction, when you run after whatever it is you think you need, when you run after goodness and mercy, you'll never find it. But when you run after Jesus, goodness and mercy comes running after you, and it's on your heels. We've got to turn it around. We're chasing goodness and mercy. I want healing. Forget healing. Run after the healer. Forget what you want, what you need, what it's about. It's not about you. 
it's about Jesus because you're looking too much at your pain and have taken your eyes off of his pain. You're looking at your wounds, but his wounds are greater than your wounds. You know why? Because by his wounds, we are healed. But by my wounds, I keep hurting. By my wounds, I just keep going through the cycle. By my wounds, I just keep running where I've always been. So today, are you pursuing the shepherd or are you pursuing goodness and mercy? Because if you're pursuing goodness and mercy, you're going to run yourself ragged and just keep going through the cycle. But if you're pursuing the shepherd, goodness and mercy is going to come knocking down your door. Because when you run after Jesus, that stuff runs after you. Why? Because it's connected to His provision. He has made it possible. We have nothing apart from Jesus Christ. So, are you secure? Are you secure? Is He all you need? Lord, you're all I need, but your butt will always get in the way of God leading you into what there's a picture I used to show when I did uh, youth ministry and it were messed up signs and there was this sign from a Japanese airport and it had the word in Japanese but then it had the English translation and the English trans translation said restrooms go towards your rear that was the English translation I guess of turn around or it's behind you but how many know that if we just try and find goodness and mercy, we're just going to run in circles? Yeah? But when I run after Jesus, when I run after Jesus, the Bible says He stands at the door and knocks. And if you hear Him, if you open the door, He'll come in and He'll share a meal with you. You know what that is? That's the starting point. He'll share a meal with you and say, hey, let's eat. But how many know what the Israelites did as soon as they were done eating in Egypt? How many know the, the eating, the feast, the food was the first thing they did? But the moment they were done eating, they packed up their stuff and they left Egypt. He's knocking at your door to say today and saying, hey, I want to come in and eat with you as a friend. I want you to know me as a friend. I want you to trust me. And when you come in or when I come in and eat with you, I want you to now walk with me out the door and let's get out of Egypt and let's walk into what God has for me. He's provided a place, a meal for us in the presence of our enemies. You know what that means? He shows up in the midst of our battle and says, hey, I'll eat with you right in the midst of your pain. I'm going to provide for you because I am the bread of life. I am the living water no one will thirst after me no one will come and be able to be satisfied I am the one come and eat of what I've got and I want you to know that when you trust me when you put your trust in me get on my heels and watch me because I'll lead you from your pain to your healing your food can only satisfy you for a moment but when you know I am the bread of life I can lead you into an eternity into a promise and in a hope don't stay at the table when he said now I want you to walk in the victory that I have for you it's time to walk in your security in your healing in your wholeness I don't know if anybody's getting this this morning but God help me to taste of you and to walk in the victory amen Here's how I'm going to end this. 
distinction right here. Some of you have opened the window and said, I need Jesus. But some of you have not yet opened the door to say, you're all I need. You've opened the window. And the picture I've got is sometimes when you try your best to cook at the house and something caught, gone not so well and smoke fills the room. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, y'all are good cookers. Smoke fills the room. And the moment folks smoke fills the room, what do you do? Open the window. Why? Because there's a trouble. Something needs to escape. And that's unfortunately what we've done with Jesus. Open the window. I need help. I need help. And we open the window for an escape. But he didn't come to give you an escape from hell only. He came to give you an entrance into his security, into his promise, into his fullness. And you're settling for just looking through a window when he says, I'm knocking at your door. Would you follow me into what I've got for you? You're settling looking through a window. You're looking through the window. Oh, look what's nice. Isn't it nice to worship? Isn't it nice to be in his presence? Isn't it nice? I'm looking through a window and all the while, He's knocking at the door and saying, if you'll hear my voice, if you'll let me come in, I'll eat with you. And the moment we eat, it's time to go. It's time to walk. It's time to move. It's time to enter in. It's time to walk towards your future. I'm leaving the past behind. I'm walking in safety and security. I am saved by the blood of Jesus and I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. I belong to Him. He works all things out for His glory and for my good. Listen, write this down. Ushers, you can come. If you put God's glory, you'll always find goodness. But if you put your goodness, you'll never find His glory. And you'll never find your goodness in the process. If you look out for your good, you'll never find it. But if you look out for His glory, His glory is always connected to your good. We got to turn things around, church. We're looking out and listen, He works all things out for my good. Only when my good is connected to His glory. Amen? All right, so here we are. Are you running after goodness and mercy? Or are you running after the shepherd?